Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Early Edge NFL Wildcard Player Prop Preview Show presented by BetMGM. I am your host, EC. We have a great and action-packed show for you. Before we get there, take a look at this recap screen from Week 18. Not very many shows that you're going to find where we go 67%. Proppy 3-1. and one. Uncle Dave 2-2. Two and two. Me 3-1. and one. Thank you, Jordan Love. Hey, listen, if you watch this show just about every week, you are going to make money. And this week is no exception. Let's bring in the stars of the show. We have two of the best minds in all of the football world. We have, first of all, the lead uh, fantasy f- football expert, for CBS Sports, easy for me to say, Uncle Dave Richard. Nice to see you, Uncle Dave. And, of course, the greatest prop mine, as far as I'm concerned, in the world of sports, our guy Prop Stars. Proppy, tell us, Wild Card Weekend, your Eagles. We'll talk about that later in the show. How are you feeling about everything going into this weekend? EC, what's up? Uncle Dave, great to see you guys. I am fired up. We have reached the first wild card round. I, I believe that this weekend is one of the best weekends in all of sports this weekend, next weekend as well. I think that there's some fantastic matchups. Excited to break them all down. We've got some great plays as well. All right, Dave, you have a lot of plays on this show, but if you were to pick one game at the outset that you're most excited to watch of the six games, which one is it? Oh, man, it's it's down to either Lions, Rams or Cowboys, Packers. I'm going to say I'm going to say Lions, Rams. I think there's going to be a lot of action in that one. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring in that one. And I think there's going to be an upset in that one. Proppy. Just wanted to point, this is slightly off topic, but both of you brought your best T-shirt game uh, to work. I love Dave's, obviously, the signature tracksuit. EC, love the Super Bowl uh, polo as well. It was there, well. so that's so, why I had to, you know, yeah, it was there last year. So You guys have dressed to impress. I'm representing my guy, Alan Iverson, for those of you who uh, can see or can't see. So, yeah, we're all looking, we're all looking good. This is what a winning week looks like, and we're, we're going to go game by game. And we're going to start with Houston and Cleveland on Saturday afternoon. And, Dave, you're going to give us the first play from a red-hot tight end that cannot be stopped. It's David Njoku. We're going to take the over on his receptions, over five and a half. And we knew going into Joe Flacco's starts that he tends to lock onto his playmakers, and Njoku has been no exception. The Chiefs, the Chief rather, has at least eight targets and six catches in each of his past four games with Joe Flacco. That includes six grabs against Houston in week 16 
when they beat the pants off the Texans, they won by 14 points. Blowout game, Njoku still got his numbers. The Texans have allowed a 73% catch rate to tight ends on the year. That's the ninth highest mark in football. Let me say it again. 73% catch rate. Houston's seen 8.1 targets per game on average to tight ends collectively. But here's where the fun actually begins. All four of the tight ends with eight or more targets against the Texans this year have had at least six catches. And three of the four tight ends with at least seven targets have also had at least six catches. This is my favorite prop of the week. I think David Njoku is going to have himself a very good game with a lot of receptions. We're taking the over on five and a half catches. You're going number one prop right off the bat, Uncle Dave. I love it. Proppy, your thoughts on this game? Because it's an interesting one. You know, I do these social videos where I pick games on the sports line, uh, TikTok and Instagram, and I get crushed in the comments for picking Houston. Just your kind of thoughts on this game, and maybe you don't have an official play in this game, but maybe something that you would look at. Yeah, I actually like a side in this game, but what a fascinating, intriguing matchup we have here. Uh, C.J. Stroud has just defied all expectations, led the league in passing yards per game. Houston won 10 games and are hosting a playoff game. If you would have told me that at the start of the season, uh, I would have said you're crazy, and I would consider myself somewhat of a Texans truther as well. So uh, this Texans team just continues to defy expectations. You'll hear a lot of statistics about rookie quarterbacks in the opening round of playoffs. But C.J. Stroud is not your typical rookie quarterback. Uh, so I think you can throw a lot of that those narratives out the window. I think he's going to be ready for this game. The fact that you can find the Texans as a home uh, underdog, to me, represents value, which is why I like them quite a bit. Cleveland, on the other hand, obviously uh, defied a lot of expectations themselves, but play, played very well throughout the season. The defense... Uh, being a big reason why Joe Flacco with the late career resurgence uh, has also played very well down the stretch. Uh, Cleveland away from Cleveland, though, hasn't been exactly great Uh, defensively. I think they're a tough matchup for the Texans. Uh, Do we know Denzel Ward's status for this game, Uncle Dave? Looks like he's going to play proper Looks like he's going to play. So, yeah, I would consider that a big boost, obviously, for Cleveland's defense. Uh, As far as props are concerned, I like Dave's play quite a bit. And Joku has been the most productive tight end in the NFL over the last five, six weeks. Has gone absolutely nuclear. Uh, But, yeah, I'm really excited for this game just from a spectating standpoint. Yeah, and I actually am with you, Proppy. I like Houston in this game. I think that the revenge angle is there. And part of the reason that I'm playing this prop, obviously, is because I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think the Texans are going to come out on top. So let's go with C.J. Stroud, over one-and-a-half touchdown passes at plus 125. So the Browns, in their eight uh, games on the road this year, they're 8-0 and o to the over. So it's not going to be a low-scoring game. And you remember what they did against Houston a few weeks ago, even though Stroud did not play. The Browns, though, have allowed multiple touchdown passes in four of their last six games. Only Justin Fields and Trevor Simeon did not hit that number. Now, Stroud has thrown a touchdown, at at least one touchdown, in all eight home games that he played in, and six of the eight home games he threw for two-plus. On the road, not so much. Two and five. uh, Remember that if they win, go on the road, likely to Baltimore next week. We're fading C.J. Stroud. The other play here that that I like in addition, it's not an official play, but I would go with a Nico Collins uh, touchdown. If you're going to play this Stroud prop, put together an SGP. I think Nico Collins makes a lot of sense. He has a touchdown in six of his nine home games. But 
Uncle Dave, you have a prop as well on C.J. Stroud that you like. Tell us what it is. Yeah, you're going to like this too because the more that C.J. Stroud throws, the more likely it is that he can get those touchdowns, and I know that's what you're looking for, EC. So I'm taking Stroud over 33-and-a-half pass attempts. It's a little juicy at minus 130. Shop around. See if you can find that number a little bit lower. But the Browns saw offenses average 44.2 pass attempts per game against them from weeks 13 to week 17. Those are the games that have really mattered for the Browns. We're throwing out week 18. That's the most of any defense. So NFL teams are keyed in on throwing against the Cleveland Browns. And that includes the Texans, who attempted 49 passes with backup quarterbacks while playing from behind. Now, C.J. Stroud has thrown at least 35 passes in four of five losses that he played every snap in this year and at least 37 passes in three of five games he played in where the Texans won by less than a touchdown. That all favors Stroud's passing since I'm not expecting a Texans blowout win, and so does this. You already heard Proppy talk about Denzel Ward and whether or not he's going to play. It looks like he will. It looks like Grant Delpit, the safety for Cleveland, will not play. That actually hurts their run defense just as much as their pass defense. And another safety, Juan Thornhill, is questionable for the game. I don't know if any of those players are going to deter the Texans from throwing, but it helps if one or more of those guys, and it looks like one of them, will not play. And if they wind up trailing, they're going to throw a bunch anyway. That's what they've done in their losses. I hate to disagree with my compadres on the show, but I think Cleveland wins this game, and I think C.J. Stroud throws while playing from behind, and that's how he gets over 33-and-a-half pass attempts against Cleveland. Now, I, I understand the play, and I understand where you're coming from on Cleveland. I know that's a very popular play, but you're going with the Stroud over and his compadre in the backfields under. Why are you fading Devin Singletary? Because Devin Singletary has been under 83 and a half total yards in five of his past seven games. He gets a lot of carries, but he's frequently inefficient with his yardage. Last week against Indianapolis is a good example. Singletary's played eight games with C.J. Stroud, where he's played at least 50% of the snaps. So, okay, now he's a meaningful part of the offense. He's had at least 12-plus touches in all those games. He's topped 84 yards three times. It gets worse. Only five running backs this year have had 84 or more total yards against the Cleveland Browns, and one of them came last week in that meaningless Week 18 game where Joe Mixon had, I think it was 117 total yards. Mixon really finished the year strong. That's a weird non sequitur, but it's definitely true that the Cleveland Browns, in 16 games that mattered to them this year, allowed a running back to get 84-plus total yards four times. That's it. This is a tough spot for Devin Singletary. This goes in line with what I'm thinking with CJ Stroud. This goes in line with what I think the Texans not only will want to do against Cleveland, but will have to do against Cleveland. Singletary hasn't been a big factor in the passing game. I think this under feels pretty safe. And I'm not saying what I said about Devin Singletary maybe two months ago. Not going there, not doing that. I know my luck with Devin Singletary has been like a roller coaster, but I feel pretty good about this one. Under 83 and a half total yards. This will be a fun game, as Proppy said, Uncle Dave. I think this is a good play on Singletary. I know you're not dogging him like you did the other month. He's played well to end the year. But, you know, yeah. for those of you who are, you know, I love parlays. I love SGPs. I know Proppy's probably rolling his eyes. As I say that, but if you're going to do that, the synergy play between the Stroud over and the Devin Singletary under makes a lot of sense. Uh, so take a look at that one. All right, on to our next game. 
on Saturday night. And this one is going to be unlike anything we've seen in a long time. Maybe the Freezer Bowl Part 2. Proppy, you have a pick. You're going with a pick in this game. I can't believe you're making a pick in this game. Actually, wait a second. I can because it makes a lot of sense with the temperature. First of all, explain how you think the weather is going to affect these teams and then explain why you made your play. Yeah, first and foremost, obviously, we're talking about the Dolphins visiting the Chiefs. Uh, This game is going to feature, at the very least, some cold weather and some frigid temperatures, which I think is going to just have a net negative impact on the Miami Dolphins and their passing game, and specifically Tua. Uh, So I'm going to go under 239 and a half passing yards for Tua. This may be the coldest game that the Dolphins have ever played in. I mean, obviously, we're still you know, uh, 24 hours away from this game or a little bit over 24 hours away from this game taking place. But, yeah, the temperature is supposed to be absolutely frigid. Tua has played extremely poorly in sub-45 degree weather. He has appeared in four games with a 55% uh, completion rate, 71 uh, QBR uh, let's see what else. Four to five touchdown to interception ratio. And again, the Dolphins are 0 and 4 in those games. We also know that Kansas City's defense, uh, the, the strength of their defense is their pass defense. Their third and EPA allowed per dropback. Uh, they rank in the top five in nearly every defensive passing metric as well. So it's a difficult matchup on top of weather and then you factor in the amount of injuries uh this potentially no jalen waddle raheem mostert all the injuries on the defense so this is just such a tough spot in my opinion for miami on the road in cold weather versus a very good cheese pass defense i'm going to go under 240 passing yards for tua you know what if you're a dolphins fan you have a right to be distraught these days because you were that close to clinching the division having a home playoff game likely against pittsburgh and then you fall apart in the second half and you're playing a negative 30 uncle dave when it comes to weather in this particular game we're not talking there'll be some wind i get it but not really precipitation but the, the extreme cold do you really think it makes that much of a difference as far as statistics and maybe playing unders in this particular game well let me just first ask this question who here has caught a football before okay it doesn't you know it could be from five yards ten yards you've caught footballs how many of you caught a brick that's what the football is going to feel like in you know negative degree weather and then you throw the wind chill on top of that you're uncomfortable the players are going to be uncomfortable it's going to be really difficult for them to operate and execute like they normally would. And it'll actually be like that for both sides. But Kansas City's been able to practice in some bad weather, or at least cold weather, over the last month or so in Kansas City. Here in South Florida, uh, yeah, it's been cold here. It, it's dipped into the, like the high 60s, but it's nothing like what they're going to feel there. So I don't know how the Dolphins prepare for it. But as usual, the two things that I always look for, visibility, is that impacted here? The answer is no. Wind. Like you said, you see, there's going to be some of it. The answer is no. I think that does keep the door open to maybe lean away from going under crazy on this game. And I think it's probably just for the best that you just keep your hard-earned money to yourself unless you feel confident in a pick, like, for example, Tua going under, which we might be taking anyway, even if they were playing in balmy 25-degree weather, which might be normal for Kansas City otherwise. Proppy. Dave made two excellent points there. Uh, First and foremost, I'd be playing this prop if the weather was 
55 degrees and sunny. Uh, so yeah, the cold weather is just kind of icing on the cake as far as I'm concerned. Uh, if the cold weather is going to be, or, or if weather is going to be the majority of the reason you're taking a prop, I wouldn't advise you not to make that. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think that's an excellent point by Dave. I would also say, yeah, just from an experience standpoint, Kansas City has just played in colder weather more frequently. Tua and the Miami Dolphins, uh, just you know, from being from the state of Florida, the Sunshine State, just aren't playing cold weather very often. So they're just frankly inexperienced, which I just think leads to them being somewhat unprepared. It's just hard to prepare, as Dave mentioned, uh, when you just don't frankly have access to cold weather and you just have a small sample size. So yeah, I think Dave brought up two great points there. And again, I'd be playing this prop regardless. The weather is just sort of icing on the cake as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, this icing, is- icing. I see what you did there. <laughs> I'm guessing that was unintentional. Listen, this has a chance with the wind chill to be the third coldest game in NFL history behind the Ice Bowl and the Freezer Bowl in 1982 between the Chargers and the Bengals. And if you saw what happened to the Chargers in 1982, a little history lesson here. They went from playing in Miami where the game was in the 80s to the next week playing in Cincinnati where the wind chill was negative 52 or something thereabouts. Ugh. 140 degrees of difference, 130 plus let's say, of difference in a two-week span. Can you imagine? No wonder Dan Fouts and other players from that game still have issues from frostbite. Be careful out there. This is a game I'm staying away from, but great explanation for you, Proppy. Now, if you want to play any bets on this game or any other game that we're going to talk about, you can do so on BetMGM. New BetMGM customers can sign up today and get $158 in bonus bets. Just place your first wager of at least $5, and you will receive $158 instantly in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome, with bonus code EDGE158. That's EDGE158. Before we get to Steelers, Bills, and whatever wacky weather that's going to be, let's hear from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, this might be the wacky game of the weekend on CBS and Paramount Plus, so check it out. I believe that's what, uh, 1 Eastern on uh, on Sunday. Uncle Dave, I'm going to start with you here. Now, I just want to talk about weather for a second, because you are I consider you the ultimate weatherman. You know, Proppy knows his weather, but I, I've come to you a few times on the – you are the weatherman of this crew, in my opinion. This game has the potential to be – I'm thinking Patriots, Bills. Remember that game on Monday night the other year where it was just wild and it was the first one to actually score, won the game, basically. What do you expect from what you read on Bills Steelers on Sunday? Well, now you make me want to go and put on a tie and get behind a green screen and and start going. There's going to be an upper level high coming in. I'm not going to do anything like that, but the forecast for Buffalo on Sunday during the day 
Periods of snow and windy, high of 24 degrees. Winds west-southwest at 25 to 35 miles an hour. Chance of snow, it's a little high, 90%. Three to five inches of snow expected. Yeah, the dolphins are kind of laughing at at these guys. So we're going to look at a big snowstorm here. If it's going to be snowing heavily to the point where it's three to five inches of snow, that's going to impact visibility. And then the wind, that's the biggest thing you see, 25 to 35 miles an hour. Man, I'll tell you what, Josh Allen has a strong arm. Even he's going to have a hard time throwing the rock in that type of situation. So this is going to be a game where weather will probably dictate the game plans for both teams. All right. So, uh, Proppy, if you were offered a free ticket to either the Chiefs-Dolphins or Bills-Steelers game, which would you choose just before we get to any props on this game? Uh, Good question. Based on weather, would you rather sit negative 30 in Kansas City or in a snow globe in Buffalo or neither? Well, neither. Uh Neither, but if I had to choose, I think I'd enjoy uh, being in the snow globe in Buffalo. Fair enough. Okay, now you have a play in this game, one that you hit on last week on the Sunday night game. You know, when you find something that you like, you know, in the NBA, you got a Wembenyama prop that, like, hits, like, 80 to 90% of the time. (laughs) It's like money. I mean, it's it's making us money hand over fist. If you're a Sportsline subscriber, you can see that. Uh, But you have a good one on Josh Allen here. Tell us about it. I do indeed. Yeah, we played this one last week. EC going back to the well. Josh Allen over eight and a half rushing attempts. I really specifically like his rushing attempts here. Uh, yeah, frankly, Josh Allen is just running the ball a lot more. I think a lot of that has to do with the Bills sort of uh, kind of pivoting to a lot more of a conservative offense ever since Joe Brady took over offensive play calling duties after the Bills uh, fired Ken Dorsey, the previous offensive coordinator. Uh, We've just seen a hyper-conservative game plan from Buffalo week in, week out. Since Brady has taken over, Josh Allen is averaging 11 rushing attempts per game. I also think he's healthy as well. When he's healthy, he tends to run a lot more. Uh, Also, uh, he runs more in high-leverage situations and games with playoff implications or what we have here, frankly, playoff games. And that is before we even take into account potentially inclement weather that could limit downfield passing. And, uh, yeah, both these teams could be running the football quite a bit. So love Josh Allen to run the ball quite a bit. Also, uh, last but not least, the Bills being nearly double-digit, or they are double-digit favorites in this game, we could get a couple of kneel downs at the end of the game, uh, oh. which are which count as rushing attempts as well. So a lot to like, in my opinion, uh, from Josh Allen. He's going to run the football quite a bit. I think he ends up with 12 to 14 carries in this game. So let's go over eight and a half rushing attempts. I love that prop. But Uncle Dave, you also have a rushing attempts prop in this particular game. You guys are kind of thinking alike. Tell us. Well, it's in the same backfield. I'm just taking the running back. I'm going to take James Cook over 15 and a half, 15 and a half rather, rush attempts at plus 100 from our friends at BetMGM. Thanks, guys. In the seven games since the Bills changed offensive coordinators, you heard prop stars mention this. It helped, it helped Josh Allen. It's going to help James Cook, too. He's had at least 15 touches or more every single game. He's had 15 or more carries in five of seven games and at least 16 carries. That's the magic number 
in every single home game with the coordinator change. And the matchup isn't a cakewalk. The Steelers are pretty good against the run, but that hasn't stopped opponents from rushing at them. They've let up 22.7 running back rushes per game with 10 running backs this season getting at least 16 carries. In fact... A running back has 16 or more carries in all but one of Pittsburgh's seven losses this year. It was the Browns back in week 11. They split evenly between their top two backs. Bills are favored by 10 as of this moment to win the game. So I like how that stat messes with the expectation that Buffalo is going to win. Notice that I haven't even mentioned the weather yet, which means that it could be a perfectly clean, clear clean day I, I would be a terrible weatherman you see i'm you'd be great I, you're great come on forget about it. i'm a terrible weatherman i'm going to stick to prop fantasy it could be a perfectly clear day in buffalo i'd still take the over on this and i think there's a chance that james cook could get in the neighborhood of 20 carries in this game so i would play this past 16 and a half if it means that but 15 and a half at plus money or even money in this case i'm all over it james cook over 15 and a half rush attempts Proppy, knowing that the forecast is so wild in this game and you both are on underplay or overplay as far as rushing attempts, is there anything that you would do in the passing game market? Uh, as far as this game is concerned, I, I personally yeah. just wait and see. Uh, you know, as we get closer and closer to kickoff, then we'll have a more accurate idea of what the weather will in fact be. Uh, if weather doesn't seem to be an issue, I think there's plenty of value to be had and then obviously you adjust accordingly if weather does turn out to be uh you know particularly bad which is what is being reported right now so just the way the the, the closer we get to kick off there's no need to get these bets in right this minute uh just being cautious and just kind of aware of everything and dave you have a point to add to this yeah i mean and and i'm gonna ask you to tell me if this is true or not but i would imagine on sunday morning if the forecasts in buffalo are ugly that you're going to see all the passing props sink like rocks and mm -hmm. all the rushing props go up, up, up. Could you could you talk to us about that? Is there something that could happen there where maybe taking the overs on rushing props now makes sense and waiting to take the unders on passing props until Sunday? Yeah, I mean, props by nature are low liquidity. What I mean by that, they have they have small handles. Not a lot of money are being bet on them on the outset. As a result of that, they're highly, highly volatile, meaning, you know, five to ten bets can come in on a prop and it could create significant line movement. So if people are planning accordingly and betting rushing props now uh, because they foresee weather being an issue and then come to find out someday that, you know, turns out to be an issue, yeah, we'll see lines go, you know, whatever kind of direction. But yeah, that's a great point made by Dave. So certainly a lot of opportunity. The longer you can wait, though, uh, as far as, you know, if you're trying to buck a specific trend or you're looking in the opposite direction, you just want to have as much information at your disposal as possible. You know, Rick said it best in the chat. This is why Uncle Dave is the best. I agree. Uh, we have a couple of questions from the chat I want to get to before we get onto the NFC, uh, NFC games. Uh, Mike asks to you, David, what would you play the Devin Singletary combined rushing receiving prop uh, to under? He has 82 and a half on his book. How low? 82 and a half is fine. I think 81 and a half is fine. Uh, let's let's close it off there. 81 and a half. Uh, Proppy, J-Rod wants to know how low would you go in the Tua under? 
Uh, I'd first, if two is dropping, just take a peek at his rushing plus passing line. You get a couple extra yards of value there. I don't think he's going to be relying on his legs very much. Uh, so that's just a little tip for you. But uh, I'd probably go down if we're just talking straight passing yards to 232. Dave, Caddy Daddy wants to know, Patrick Mahomes, over four and a half rushing attempts. You like that? I studied that one before the show. That was one that I looked into and – like what you what we talked about with Josh Allen, it was it was proppy socking that thought about it and whether or not that Josh Allen could get over. And obviously he thinks he does. But he mentioned how Allen steps up in, in big moments like this. I went back and I looked at Patrick Mahomes and there's like one game every postseason where he has a lot of rush attempts. I don't think this one's it. So I, I don't like that one. I would also argue because of the opponent, Miami, their, their pass rush is completely depleted. They're down their top three or four edge rushers. Uh, so I just don't see him. You, you, you try to look for man coverage and you try to look for a strong pass rush. Typically, when we're playing quarterbacks over on rushing yards and neither will be the case this weekend against Miami. So I would look elsewhere as well. I'm so. going to ask this one before we get into the games that look to be higher scoring. Wu-Tang416 wants to know, if you were to give one pick on who's going to have the most passing yards in the wild card round, just give me one name. Dave, I'll start with you. Mason Rudolph. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. That was a joke. Please. Um, I, I would imagine that he'll be the odds on favorite. Uh, no, actually, I don't think he'll be the odds on favorite. Uh, I think Jared Goff's got a shot to do it. Jared Goff. Okay. Proppy, how about you? That should certainly be the type of game environment you're looking for. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to either be a quarterback in that game or a quarterback in the Dallas Green Bay, Green Bay game. So I think Dak is probably a safe choice as well, if not Goff and or so Stafford. And so we're, we're going to fade Flacco on that. I mean, Flacco would be, again, if, you know, I have not to give five I, answers. I he'd be the favorite of the group. I think Dak is the favorite right now, actually. There is okay. like I don't know. I haven't seen the yeah. line, so I'm yeah. talking on my you know what. Yeah, I I'm going Matthew Stafford. I think Dak is the favorite, and I think Stafford and Goff are right there. So we're going in the NFC. And so let's switch uh Sunday afternoon. My Green Bay Packers somehow made the playoffs, and now they're gonna lose to the Dallas Cowboys, probably. I mean, just the way it is. Uh hey, I mean, they got farther than you know, when your team like gets further than you expect, I guess you can't really argue with that. So, Proppy, you have a play in this game. You're the only one that has a play in this game. I stayed away from it. You can go the Jordan Love route that I had last week where it's over one and a half touchdowns and no interceptions, but it's risky in his first playoff start. But you have one, uh, a Wisconsin guy playing against his home state, uh, Jake Ferguson. Why are you on his over? Yeah, I like his receiving yards, DC, over 41 and a half receiving yards. Jake Ferguson has really uh, firmly entrenched himself as the number two option in this extremely efficient Dallas passing offense. Uh, he has come on very strong over the second half of the season as well. Was a part-time player over the first roughly 10 weeks of the year. Has ascended, become a full-time player in the offense. Has really reaped the rewards as well. He's cleared this particular line, 42 receiving yards in six of his last seven games while averaging close to 60 receiving yards per game. So he has become uh, Dax, again, second favorite target besides C.D. Lamb, uh, his safety valve of sorts. We've seen Dak really lean on Dalton Schultz, who's now the tight end for the Houston Texans. But yeah, Ferguson has stepped up. He's a lot more athletic than Dalton Schultz, and I've just been very impressed. It seems on a week-to-week -week basis, uh, he becomes more and more 
more and more counted on in that offense and just looks more and more comfortable. So love Jake Ferguson in this matchup, over 42 and a half receiving yards. I also think CeeDee Lamb is going to receive uh, naturally a tremendous amount of attention from Green Bay, which should also benefit Ferguson as well. We've got a total of nearly 50 points. Uh, obviously, no weather concerns either. So optimal game environment. Ferguson is really playing great football. He's a full-time player in Dallas's offense. This number is way closer to his floor than his ceiling. Uh, love this spot for Jake Ferguson. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and I like that as well. Dave, go ahead. Ferguson's been over this number in five of his past six games. So it just it, it just makes sense to me. Like with, with If the Packers are going to play that heavy zone coverage, which a lot of teams do against Dallas, that means underneath throws are going to be open all game long. I'm doing a quick double check on how the Packers have allowed numbers two tight ends this year. 67% catch rate, 12.1 yards per catch is the mm-hmm. second highest yards per catch average allowed to tight ends in the NFL this season. You get a prize if you can guess the team. I'll give you till the end of the show. That's allowed more yards per catch to opposing tight ends than the Green Bay Packers. So co-sign Ferguson going over makes sense. Proppy, you have any guess on that? Uh, you know I, I do. I, um, I would say Washington. That's where I would go. I'd go Washington. Washington or Detroit. Both great guesses, both horribly wrong. <laughs> okay. I guess we'll let the chat. If you First of all, if you're watching the show, please give us a like on, on the YouTube page. Secondly, if you have a guess in the chat, uh, throw it one, in One there. more guess. Dave's one point. more guess. Cincinnati. Yeah. Go ahead. Also Cincinnati. incorrect. Okay. All right. So I, I'm not going to take another guess. We'll wait for you in the chat. If you want to give us a guess, uh, you get a gold star if you win. Uh, we have, you know, no prizes or anything, but this is the prop show. We have fun with it. All right, Uncle Dave, if you were to play just something, you don't have any official plays, but from on the Green Bay side, Aaron Jones has been on fire lately. Mm-hmm. Is there, would you play anything with him just off the top of your head? Aaron Jones, somebody likes Tucker Craft. Somebody in the chat mentioned Tucker Craft. Over 23 and a half receiving yards. Fezzi Mack in the chat mentioned that's his favorite prop bet of the week. What do you like for Green Bay? So I did a lot of studying on Green Bay. I looked at Jordan Love going over on his pass attempts. I, I didn't fall in love with it. And I studied hard on, on uh, Aaron Jones because he's been playing so much lately. And I just I, I couldn't I couldn't pull the trigger on over 16 and a half rush attempts. I couldn't pull the trigger on over 73 and a half rushing yards. Dallas run defense last three weeks. I think they've actually played pretty well against the run. One of those games was against Washington. They're terrible. But the other two games were against opponents that are pretty good at running the football. You can go look them up and see for yourself. One of them has some of the fastest running backs in the National Football League on their roster, and they held them to four yards per carry. So I Mm. I stayed away from that, but I get why people would want to take the over on both of those Aaron Jones props. I worry a little bit about Jones not getting the same type of workload in a tougher matchup and if the Packers are trailing, and that would hurt him getting 75 rushing yards on top of 17-plus carries. You know, if we were to do a a bonus prop, if somehow Green Bay pulls off the win against their former coach, Mike McCarthy, how fast will Bill Belichick be named head coach of the Dallas Cowboys I think that's something there's not not quite on the well you might About be able to bet days, you see you think so you, you're taking it by the end of next week yeah okay proper you agree with that uh yeah i defer to you gentlemen i do want to mention uh whoever it was in the chat who mentioned the tucker craft prop being his favorite of the week i do like that uh just i haven't seen that number yet i think that's a really good look 
Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So let's move on to the game that is, and that everybody expects to be the highest scoring game in the week, and that's the Rams and the Lions. They have the highest total at 51 and a half. This one is on Sunday night, and I'm going to start with a couple of props. You know, last week I had some success where I kind of put a couple of props together for the same player. So let's roll with Amon Ross St. Brown over 89 and a half receiving yards at minus 115 and his anytime touchdown. Now you got to shop around for this one, but I found it at plus 105. So uh, our AI pick bot has uh, St. Brown's receiving total at 121. He's over this number of 89 and a half in his last four games and 11 of 16 games that he played in this season. Between weeks 11 and 17, the Rams allowed six receivers uh, to get 88 or more receiving yards. Also, St. Brown has scored a touchdown in four straight games and seven of his last nine. And the Rams have given up eight receiving touchdowns between uh, weeks 14 and 17. I'm sorry, I'm not including the garbage against San Francisco and Sam Darnold last week. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to feast, and I'm playing his overs across the board. Any thoughts on that, Proppy? What do you think? I like it quite a bit, you see. Yeah, I think it's a, a really good look. I think we see in the playoffs uh, these high leverage situations, the top players tend to get the, the largest workloads. It makes sense to me that he would receive an uptick in volume. He's already one of the higher volume receivers in the NFL, so doesn't even need it necessarily. But, yeah, I just think he'll be leaned even more heavily on, especially if Sam Laporta doesn't suit up. Even if Sam Laporta does suit up, I think it's a great spot to back, to back Amon Ross St. Brown. So I like it quite a bit. And that's where yeah. I would actually go with this is, is did you catch that number – before Sam Laporta's props were posted. Yes. And I don't even know if Sam Laporta's props are being posted. He put in a full practice on Friday. It looks like he's going to play. And I wonder what Laporta's, if he's active, what that might do. Could it actually bring down St. Brown's prop a little bit more? Could it add a little bit of juice to the touchdown? So I, I would do a little bit. I, 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 I would take those picks now, and I like them. Because that Rams defense is terrible uh, against the pass, not the mm -hmm. run. They're good against the run. But I would also save a little bit of that money to possibly put on St. Brown come Sunday afternoon because they could be a couple yards lower, a couple of he points higher for the anytime touchdown. 
if they take Laporta into account. He's got to be active, obviously. So BetMGM has the line still at, at uh, 89 and a half, but at minus 110, I got it at minus 115. And no Laporta props are, pros, are posted as okay. of now. So that's it's assuming that keep... Laporta is not necessarily playing. But if really? you, you know, go ahead, Dave, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I'm real curious what it'll look like come Sunday. So another thing that, you know, you and I, some synergy here. I like Amon Ra to have a, a pretty good game, but you think that Jared Goff is going to be slinging it all over the lot. So how are you playing your top Jared Goff prop? It's simple. I'm taking the over on his pass attempts, 33 and a half at minus 110 at bet MGM. Goff has gone over this in four of his past five games. He was two pass attempts shy in week 18. Their dominant win over Minnesota that ultimately didn't mean a whole lot for the Lions, but hey, and ended up helping them stay sharp and get ready for this game against the Rams. And all that is well and good, but it's the matchup that counts here. The Rams' defense has been thrown on 40.8 times per game between weeks 13 through 17, the games that mattered, the third most amount of pass attempts in that span. This pass defense has been bad, but the run defense has been really good. Both teams' run defenses have actually. And that sets up a, t- a showdown where passing games can dominate. A lot of passing touchdowns can happen in this game. A lot of yardage can go down through the air. And Goff might have that full arsenal. We already talked about Sam Laporta possibly playing in the game. There's room to take this one up to around 35 and a half. That feels a little dangerous. I'd like to get plus money on that if it happens. But for now, I'm taking it at minus 110. Off over 33 and a half pass attempts. All right. Now, Proppy, let's stick with the Lions here. You think, you know, Dave's going to go with an overprop for Jared Goff. I'm going with an overprop for Amon Ross St. Brown, but you're taking a kind of a player that I wouldn't have expected to go over his rushing total. Yeah, I am, EC, and this guy's sort of the Rodney Dangerfield of the NFL, certainly this season. We're talking about David Montgomery. My man does not get enough respect, uh, so put some respect on this man's name. We're going over 55 and a half rushing yards for Montgomery. He's had a fantastic season. Uh, yeah, he's cleared this in 12 of 14 games this year while averaging close to 73 rushing yards per game. Close to 15 rushing attempts as well. He has really had a fantastic season. Uh, The Lions run the football as well as any team in the NFL. They are third in EPA per rush, second in run run block win rate as well. So this team uh, has an excellent offensive line, an excellent scheme as well. David Montgomery really understands the nuances of the position uh, and how to pick up yards and churn yards out. Rarely gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage. Almost always fall forward. Not as explosive as as Jameer Gibbs. Uh, But yeah, he is just an excellent running back at this stage of his career. Really understands what the Lions want to do on the ground as well. I think they rely heavily on their veteran. The Rams defense, again, Dave mentioned this, the pass defense is terrible or, or not great. The run defense has been pretty good above average, but the way that Detroit runs the football with this offensive line, uh, they're good. They're not great as far as the uh, Rams run defense is concerned. I have no qualms of them having success in this matchup. So love David Montgomery. I have a pretty significant edge on this. My projections have him at 67 rushing yards with the line at 55. That's a healthy uh, edge there as well. So I play this one up to probably 59 and a half, 60. Uh, Love David Montgomery. This guy does not get nearly enough respect. 
All right, so Uncle Dave, you know, we we haven't made any Rams props yet for this particular game. I like the receivers over, uh, you know, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup. One of those guys is going to have a huge game. I actually, if I were to put my money on it, Cooper Cup is the guy. But you're going to fade Kyron Williams in this spot because I don't think people realize that Detroit's run defense is actually pretty darn good. I think people realize it, EC, but I think people see that Kyron Williams has had 20-plus rushes in seven games this season and a lot recently, and they see 19-and-a-half, and they immediately go over, and it's a trap. I'm taking the under on 19-and-a-half rush attempts at minus 122. I mentioned it, seven games this year where Kyron Williams has had 20 or more rush attempts. Of those seven, six were Rams wins, and of those six Rams wins – Forward by eight or more points. I don't know about you guys. I don't think it's going to be a blowout win for the L.A. Rams in Detroit. I think the Rams have a chance to win, but I'm not saying that it's going to be a big-time blowout. The Lions have been dominant against the run to the point that opposing offenses have given up rushing on them. Detroit has seen 17.4 running back rush attempts per game this season. It's the second lowest mark in the league and only have running backs, plural running backs, meaning more than one, multiple running backs, totaled 20 or more carries against them four times. There has not been a single running back in 17 games to have 20 carries or more against the Detroit Lions this year. None. Zero. Zilch. Zip. Kyron Williams has been good. The game script has helped him dominate against weaker defenses. I don't think that's going to happen this week. I buy into the Lions' defensive front. I think they're going to be strong, and I think that they will defend Kyron Williams, and I think the Rams will ultimately end up throwing in this game, which is why I like the Cooper Cup prop and the Puka Nakua prop. Those overs seem good. I'm going to fade this one. Kyron Williams under 19 and a half passes. Run, sorry, 19 and a half rush attempts at minus 122. Yeah, that's a savvy play, Dave. I like that a lot. And by the way, as we've been talking, sorry, Poppy, one sec here. Uh, the Amon Ross St. Brown line has gone down two yards as we've been talking. It's down to 87 and a half. No Laporta props posted yet, but as of Ben GM, it's gone down a couple yards. Proppy, go ahead. Uh, I like the Kyron Williams play quite a bit uh, from Dave as well. Just so much has to go right for a running back to receive 20 carries in a game, even one that's been as good as Kyron Williams and been uh, as effective as he has. So, yeah, I just think it's a sharp bet kind of regardless of the situation. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's a lot that points, a lot of uh, strong points that Dave made that points to the under. And, again, just so much has to go right for a running back to get 20 carries in a game. So we'll uh, touch more on this game. Uh, we, I know a few questions from the chat. We'll get more back to that. Just want to touch on the the uh, Buccaneers and Eagles game on Monday night. It's I'm the only one who actually has a, a prop, an official prop. Do you think I was going to do a show and not have a field goal kicker? I mean, come on now. We, we know better than that. I'm going Chase McLaughlin over one and a half made field goals for Tampa Bay at minus 110 on MGM, He's over this in five of his last six games. He is over in 12 of 17 this year, and opposing kickers are over this number in five of the last seven against the Eagles, whose defense is struggling. Proppy, I mean, you're the resident Philly guy, Eagle guy. You know, the Eagles defense, I, I think it will be more of a bend-don't-break defense as much on Monday night, but how confident are you in fading the Eagles defense and playing Buccaneers player props against your team on Monday? Uh, 
As far as props are concerned, there hasn't been a lot that I've. Uh, per- I'll probably I'll study this game closer today. I've been focusing on the Saturday and Sunday games. I do have a play actually on the total in this game. If you're a Sportsline subscriber, uh, you'd have access to that. Uh, I'll just spoil it for you guys. I like the under in this game, frankly. I just think uh, the Eagles' offense, uh, just as banged up as they are, A.J. Brown potentially missing this game. Devontae Smith could be out for this game. Jalen Hurts uh, injuring his middle finger on his throwing hand. Just how difficult uh, the Eagles' offense has, or just how poorly they've been playing recently as well down the stretch, really cratering. Uh, Looking back how this game in week three, I know we're looking at two different teams at this stage of the season, but I think the Eagles are going to really try and suck the air out of the football and run the ball quite a bit uh, and really just kind of limit Jalen Hurts' dropbacks for a variety of reasons uh, because he's been turnover prone, because the Eagles uh, are, are injured at the, you know wide receiver, et cetera, et cetera. So I think the Eagles want to keep their defense off the field as well. The defense really obviously got exposed down the stretch. Uh, just the Eagles' inability to sustain drives, I think, was a large reason why, uh, in addition to other factors as well. Uh, and then as far as the uh, Tampa Bay's offense is concerned, Baker's not 100%. In this game, either he's hobbled and just really don't have a lot of confidence. Uh, I don't think the Tampa Bay's offense is very explosive. And as bad as the Eagles' defense has been, I do think they can potentially limit the Bucks to the point where it's a low-scoring environment. So love the under in this game, actually. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a great look. Dave? So the Friday injury report came out, and this is just to kind of support what, what Prop said, and that's that A.J. Brown did not practice that's bad for Philadelphia if he doesn't play for very obvious reasons. Safety Reed Blankenship with his groin injury didn't practice for the second straight day. Remember that the game is on Monday, which means these teams are going to practice on Saturday, and they'll have injury designations come Saturday. I would imagine that A.J. Brown does have a chance to practice on Saturday, and if he does, that'll open the door for him to play. If he doesn't practice on Saturday, I would say that that's big trouble for what that could mean for Philadelphia. And as for them running the football against Tampa Bay, it has been a strength of the Bucks' defense for years against the run. They have really done a great job of slamming against opposing running backs. That would make me nervous for Philadelphia's chances. I think the only props to play or even consider in this game is the Chase McLaughlin prop, which you had, EC, and also something with Rashad White. And it might be it might be his carries number, just like I have with Kyron Williams going under. That might be one that I would take the over on. But a lot to still be determined in this game. I would not put a lot of money on this game quite yet, other than the McLaughlin prop, because I think he is going to have a couple of field goals. Thank you. And, you know, I can't resist uh, field goal props here. You know, what can I say? Now, let's bring up, the recap screen and instead of asking these guys well their favorite props we have some questions from you guys from the chat cmat gold 2186 i'll throw this one to you dave puka and cooper cup five and a half receptions each over or under which way would you play definitely like the over on both of those i think nakua will probably have the easier matchups of the two so if you had to pick one that would be the guy to take the over on a proppy, Drew Martin asks, uh, Brandon Cooks, would you play his over 39 and a half yards or over three and a half receptions? C.D. Lamb getting a lot of attention. Maybe Jair Alexander on him. Could Brandon Cooks uh, benefit? 
Uh, yeah, I don't mind Brandon Cooks here. I just think he's a pretty volatile option uh, in general. Just really hard to uh, – uh, he has an inconsistent target floor. We just don't really know when he's going to be utilized. So just hard for me to have a lot of confidence in him, but more than capable of going over if he receives the targets. Just hard to predict when those targets are going to come. EC, the, the Brandon Cooks play is going to be the anytime touchdown. He gets a lot okay. of those at home. I would stay away from the receptions and the yardage props. Uh, uh, Dave, oh, and also, you. I I don't know if Jair Alexander is going to play. Oh, really? He got injured in practice, right? Yeah. Oh gosh, I hadn't seen that. That's not good. Uh, why am I not surprised uh, as a Packer fan? All right, Dave, back to you. Uh, Japan asks uh, Jamison Williams. He wants to ladder his total, starting at thirty-four and a half yards, fifty plus, sixty plus. How high would you go for Jamison Williams? I wouldn't go high. I, I think fifty plus would probably be the absolute highest, and I would need pretty good odds, at least plus one twenty-five, to even do that. All right, Proppy. Last one from the chat: Demarcus Robinson over forty-one and a half yards. He's been on a heater. Uh, as good as he's been, I think he's a major regression candidate. So I'd be very cautious with Demarcus Robinson personally. All right, Dave, your favorite play on the board this week, uh, looking at either Proppies or mine, Who, which do you like? Uh, I I like the Amon Ross St. Brown over 89 and a half receiving yards, especially if we can now get it at 87 and a half receiving yards. That tells me that there's been some money coming in while we were on the show on his under because Laporte is playing. That brings the number down. Keep betting the keep betting against Amon Ross St. Brown, everybody. Let the other people do it. We're taking the over. I think he's got a great shot to do it. Proppy, your favorite play from mine and from Uncle Dave's. Uh, I'd probably go with Kyron Williams under 19 and a half rushing attempts. And uh, before we wrap up, EC, can I ask a favor? Yes. Can we get producer Jake to join us? And I would like to hear what he what his favorite pick from myself or from UEC or from Uncle Dave is. Now, uh, producer Jake, uh, I believe, is located uh, on on site. Oh, there he is. Hey, there he is. There he is. How's How's going? Going? There he is. Always. So we got to run, Uncle Dave. All right, buddy. I got to do something real important. I'm sorry. All right, Uncle Dave. See you later. What's up, Jake? Nothing much, man. Down in Florida, in the office. Great to see you, so, man. What's hey, your guys. favorite play on the board here? Oh, gotta be Tua on the road. Short week. I mean, in Kansas City, with that weather and the wind, you, anything. I mean, under two twenty. I don't. I mean, it's gonna be hard for him to get over two hundred yards. I How would agree. it not? You know. I would agree. Love it. If you if you're watching in the background behind Jake, there's a guy in a tracksuit who happens to be walking in his. What do yeah, you know? When Jake ventures know. south into the Fort Lauderdale office, you never know where he'll be sitting, right? Yeah, I don't know. We might have to call security. I'm not sure about this. Guy, but... well, Jake, we always out. appreciate your uh, your hard work on the show. It's an, And you do so much for this brand, so we always appreciate it. I don't give you enough thanks at the end of the show. Guys, so nice to see you on screen, and thanks for making a pick here. Thank you, EC. You guys do all the hard work. All right, so I, I have one last one for you, Proppy. If Dave comes back, I'll ask him. Pick one player all weekend who's going to score a touchdown. Just in any game. One player all weekend. One player who's going to score a touchdown. All right, just give me a second, DC. Let's just run through this real quickly. Um, I I would go David Montgomery. You're going David Montgomery for yours. I, I'm I, going David Montgomery for mine. I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw a price at you here. I'm going to go Raheem Mostert. 
at, I think it's over almost nearly plus 200. If Miami's going to score, which I think they'll score at least a touchdown, it's going to be on the ground. We're fading your, we're fading Tua as per your prop, Proppy. I'm going Raheem Mostert at a price. Now I would ask mm-hmm. Uncle Dave what his favorite prop is, but he's probably still out in the hallway pacing behind Jake. So Jake, sorry about that. But hey, look on the bright side. We have shows this weekend for you, two noon Eastern weekend shows. Check those out here on the Sportsline YouTube stream. For producer Jake, who does a great job. For Uncle Dave, for Proppy. I am EC. Thanks as always for watching. And as I always like to say, let's hit it big. Good luck. It was a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.